uh, it just, it's like a, this realization that God is at work here and now today. Um, and I hope you're encouraged by that. And the baptism, and I'll say a little bit more about it when we go downstairs for the actual baptism. Um, but a baptism, it's similar to a marriage ceremony. It's like the, the public, two people before they get married, they fall in love and they make commitments to each other before the wedding day, hopefully, <laughs> right? Like whenever I've done a wedding, my, my, um, my uh, expectation is that they've already committed their love to each other, right? I don't, I don't think I've ever done a wedding or been to a wedding where two people are getting up and it's the first time they're expressing love for each other at the wedding, right? Um, and so a baptism is similar in the sense that a person surrenders their life to Christ and the baptism is like the public ceremony of this relationship with Jesus. Um, and there's a real special presence of God in that. And uh, so it's really, really incredible to be able to celebrate that together today. Um, and I just want to encourage you too, if you haven't been baptized, we've talked about this the last few weeks. Um, if you haven't and you want to talk to, to myself or one of the leadership team after, we'd love to do that. And uh, we can always bring our baptismal tank here and do a service um, when somebody wants to, to do that. So I just want to invite you to, to, to do that if you haven't. If today you're seeing um, this baptism happen and God's speaking to you, we'd love to have a conversation with you about your relationship with Christ and what it looks like uh, to, to be baptized. And so before I jump in today, um, we, we started this church five years ago, and we've never done... People have always said to me how awkward they think it is when you get people to stand up and shake hands. Um, and so that's why we haven't really done that. But today... We're celebrating five years as a church, so I just want everybody to stand up. We're going to do like a high five in celebration of, so maybe it's awkward. We don't do this all the time, but just turn to somebody around you and give a high five, all right? So give high fives. That's in celebration of five years. My, uh, my deepest apologies to all of you introverts that that was terrifying. Um, we don't do that all the time, and we won't make that a practice, but uh, I don't see him here today, but Alan, uh, Alan was here yesterday. Anyway, I don't see him. He, he was saying about high fives in, in celebration of five years, and so it was his idea, and uh, I thought, man, that's a really good idea. Let's do high fives in celebration. So um, this is a really special Sunday. Uh, and so the sermon is going to be a little bit different today. I want to share a couple passages of Scripture, but then I want to just talk about, I want to briefly talk about what the Lord has done over the last five years, and then I want to share what I feel the Lord is leading us into in the next years to come, all right? And so it's going to be a little bit of a vision-casting uh, Sunday. And as I said earlier, I didn't expect the thank you today. Um, and based on what the Lord has revealed to me recently, um, I'm really glad that he did because that could have been really awkward and I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. So, um, as we share this today, so that just kind of baits you a little bit. So, um, I just want to start off by saying this week for our family, uh, and you might've heard it when Jean was praying, 
Um, it's actually been a really rough week for my family. Um, my, so Vicky's not here this morning because she's been just ill all week, um, and our kids have been not well. And so for most of the week, I was out of commission. And usually a week is quite busy, keeping up with appointments and prep and all the stuff. This week, even more so, because we had our outdoor celebration yesterday where there was like a petting zoo and bouncy castles and food, and there was so much to do, and I, ha- I wasn't able to leave the house uh, almost at all. Um, and I-, I say that to say what was really neat is that it would have been one of my busier weeks in the year, but because of everybody not being well, um, I had to stay and-, and be there and take care of them. I drank, you know those like powdered vitamin C drinks? I drank two of those a day. It says to drink one every 24 hours, but I had one in the morning and one at night because I was like, I, I cannot get sick this week. And I, anyways, I haven't, haven't got sick, um, and, and everybody seems like they're on the mend, but it was a really rough week. And what was encouraging was that the way things came together this weekend, they came together really well. And we're five years in as a church, and I remember in the early days, um, it wasn't that way. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of people uh, around, like when the core team when we were going to do something, it took all of our energy, all of our attention, a whole lot of planning and putting word out. And this week, I, was, I felt so blessed that I was not able to really leave the house very much, but yesterday went off really well because of the team that just came together. And so I just want to thank all of you um, and for those that jumped in and served and planned and organized. I'm just really appreciative and grateful for what God's doing here in our midst. Uh, it is, it's really exciting, and it was really neat just as a pastor to, to, to see kind of where we're at and how I believe God's up to stuff right here in our midst, and it's incredibly exciting. And so uh, before I get to the vision stuff, I want to share a couple uh, passages of Scripture with you. And so our church, and if you, I think it's, yeah, we, we, had, a, we had a banner up here that had this verse on it. Um, I want to share two verses of Scripture with you today. The first one is kind of like the motto for where the name transformation comes from. And so um, before I put that up, our vision statement as a church, and this is not me. I hope when I read this, you've seen this before, that increasingly this becomes our vision statement as a church uh, together because I believe this is something God is calling us to. But as, as, a, as a church, transformation exists to make passionate disciples of Jesus who will have a significant and lasting impact on the city of Thunder Bay and beyond. So God is up to stuff in our midst when we worship. There's a real awesome sense of his presence, and it's incredible to celebrate when someone's getting baptized and God's doing something in someone's heart here. That's exciting. Uh, but God is also calling us as a church and as a community to live our lives out for him in such a way that it actually has an impact on our neighborhood and our community. That's why we do silly things like have petting zoos and bouncy castles and celebrations with the community because we want to invite people into this community of Jesus followers. We want to invite people in that don't have a relationship with Jesus yet or feel far from him or would never darken the doors of a church um, because we believe God has called us to make passionate disciples of Jesus who will actually have an impact on the city of Thunder Bay. That's, that's the vision statement. And where that comes from, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and Randy um, was reading from this passage earlier. It says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. 
So anybody who belongs to Christ has become a new person, transformation. There's a change that happens. When uh, It was about seven years ago when I first was asked about coming to Thunder Bay to be a part of planting a church. And at that time, one of the headlines in the news was that Thunder Bay was the murder capital of Canada, and there was all this violence, and there was all this stuff. And so people were coming, and they were saying to us, like, do you realize, like, where you're going and all this stuff? And, and for some reason, it just solidified in my heart. I'm like, I just believe God works in places where there's lots of challenges. I really do. Because I actually believe that this scripture is true, that when God does a work in a person, he makes us a new creation. Like, he takes our old life and he changes it, and we become this new creation in Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. And that works on a personal level, so he does that in our lives. That's why testimonies are important. But I really believe that the scriptures reveal that he does that in neighborhoods, he does that in communities, and he does that in cities. A few weeks ago when we were praying, uh, we just started talking about some of the things that God is up to in the city of Thunder Bay. And when I think about even just the neighborhood that we're in, there are tons of ministries and organizations that have a desire to reach people with the good news of Jesus that are at work in the city of Thunder Bay. Not just Transformation Church. We actually, there's lots of people uh, that are here this morning that work at different ministries and different organizations that want to reveal who Jesus is to this city. And it's incredible that we get to partner with them. And so when we think about our vision statement and we think about old becoming new, it's not just like, you know, us and, and trying to hoard it all here in all TC. Like, God is doing something. He's at work, and we just get to be a part of it. I've shared this before, and when I talk to people that are thinking about church planting, I tell them, when I left New Brunswick, uh, my mentor told me, he said, Nathan, when you go to Thunder Bay, he said, don't get this idea in your mind that you're bringing Jesus to Thunder Bay. He said, Jesus is at work. Like, he's at work in the city of Thunder Bay. He's already speaking to people. He's already challenging people's hearts. When you get there, he said, look for what God's up to and join him. Which is part of the reason why, as a, as a church, we love linking arms with other people that love Jesus. Because this, this vision statement is bigger than just us. You know, we, we want to make passionate disciples of Jesus that are going to have a significant and lasting impact on the city of Thunder Bay and beyond. And, and doing that means partnering with other people that share that passion and that vision um, to lift up the name of Jesus. He, he is good, and he wants to make the old new. And so, and this is the part, and I really want you to catch this. And so, like I said, I'm going to share some vision, and so it's going to be a different kind of a sermon today. But here, for the next couple minutes, this will be the sermon section, okay? And I'm really excited to share this with you. I think I shared it, some of this, four years ago. I went back through my notes, and I was just thinking about what God's done over the last few years. Um, and, and I knew that I had shared about the word transformation from the New Testament, and so if this is a repeat to you, that means you remember something from four years ago. That's really good, okay? <laughs> so uh, the word transformation, there'll be, a, uh, yeah, it's up on the slide. So this word, okay, comes from the Greek word metamorpho, and it's only in the New Testament four times, the word transformation, okay? And this is what's important. Transformation is something that God does to you and I. It's not something we can do ourselves, so, so transformation, changing, you know, from the old becoming new, we can't, in our own strength and our own power and ability and, and muscle and stamina, like we can't actually become what God wants us to be or who God wants us to be. We can't make the process of transformation happen in our own lives. It's actually something God does to us. 
And this word, transformation, it's only, these are the four references that, the, that, uh, where it's found in the New Testament. And in every instance, this word is actually used in what's called the passive tense. Okay, so what that means, okay, so if you don't, don't uh, get lost here, okay, it's, it's, I'm not going to get super technical. It's used in the passive tense because transformation is something God does. Okay, and I'm going to focus on one verse, but in the first two references here, Matthew 12, uh, 17 and, and Mark 9, it's talking about like when Jesus was transfigured on the mount okay, with, with Peter, James, and John. If you remember the story, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, he goes up on a mountain, and he's transfigured. And the scriptures say that his clothes became white, whiter than any launderer could have made them. And right before their eyes, he's transformed, and he meets with Moses and Elijah, and there's this incredible moment on the mountain where, where God is revealing some really important things, that he's transformed. But what's interesting is that he is transformed. God does something supernatural in that moment, um, and Jesus is transformed. It's in this passive tense. And then uh, I'm going to read Romans 12 to us in a second, verse 2. In 2 Corinthians, uh, it talks about we are being transformed. Okay? Uh, so like, it's something that's done to us as we surrender to Christ. And let me just read Romans 12 to you. That's the one I really want to focus on um, here for a couple minutes. Romans 12, verse 2 and this is a, a part of who we are as Transformation Church. This is a part of the, the impact of the gospel on our lives as we surrender to Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, this is key, okay, let God transform you. I just want to emphasize this. I want you, this is, has to be so clear. Transformation is not something that you and I can do in our own strength. It's something we allow God to do to us. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. What an incredible hope. I don't know if you've ever been stuck in your thinking and thought, it's so hard for me to get out of this negativity or this anxiety or this spiral or this depression. And this verse is talking about like, when, like as we allow God to be at work in us, he, he transforms us and we have to let him do that. There is this willingness, there's this, this giving in, this surrender that we do, and we let God change us, and he changes the way that we think. And then, here, like, here's the last part of this verse. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I don't know if there's a verse in all of Scripture that, that is more hopeful, like, all at once, all in one little small space. And so what, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is he's saying, let God transform you. Ogale, when she shared her testimony, hit the nail on the head. She talked about, she grew up and she was exposed to Christianity, but in some ways she felt like it was expected of her to agree with what she was being taught. And then she went off to school in in Ukraine and, and, and she had this opportunity to actually surrender her life to Jesus. Like, that is the process of transformation. God doesn't, I love saying this, God doesn't have grandchildren. We don't get to be born Christians. It's not something that we inherit. Like Christianity isn't just like this culture that we grow up and we're kind of a part of. All of us go through this season in our life where we actually say yes to Jesus. We, we hear the gospel, we hear what Christ has done, and we just allow him to be at work in our lives. And so transformation is something that God does to us. As we surrender to him, he begins to change the way that we think. And, and sometimes that's a process. Again, Ogale in her testimony, she talked about how it wasn't this picture-perfect journey afterwards. There was difficulties. There was challenges. That is life. We, we will face difficult times. You know, we did a series recently through the book of Job, 
And we talked about how sometimes Jesus followers go through the most difficult and dark times. And sometimes there aren't good explanations. In the book of Job, Job never gets a full explanation from God about why he suffered the way that he did. But he comes out of it just trusting God even more. He comes out of it saying, God, before I'd only heard about you, but now I've experienced you. And he just completely surrenders his life. So this being transformed, we, we get to this point in our lives where we, we surrender our lives to Jesus and we allow him to be at work in us. And he does this life-changing, this transformational work in us. And it's, the, and it's a process that starts the moment we receive him and it lasts for a lifetime. And so if you're here today and you're battling difficulty and struggles and maybe anxiety and stress and depression and whatever else may be, don't be discouraged. But let what we're looking at today in the scriptures be hope that, like, as a follower of Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to him, you, you continue to allow God to be at work in your life. And this process of transformation is something God does to us. We can't force it. We can't pull up our own bootstraps with our own strength and make it happen. We actually just surrender to him. And as we do that, he changes the way that we think. And the verse, the way the verse ends is so beautiful. And he says, then you will know God's will for you. Like, and the reason I say that, I, I can't think of another place in scripture where it's all compact, all so close together. Like, is there any other, does any other better thing to happen than for us to be confident of God's will for us? You know, the older I get, the more I realize like decisions are really hard difficult, challenging, the waters are muddy when we have to make challenging and difficult decisions. Like, if you were confident about God's will, how much security would that give you in making decisions? And that's what, that's what the transformation is all about. As we allow God to, to, to transform and to change us, he changes the way that we think, he changes the way that we, we behave, the way that we interact, and then our thinking becomes clearer and we're actually more aware of his will for our lives. It's incredible. And then what happens, okay, and I want to jump into uh, sharing a little bit of our story, but what happens is like, as God does that to us, we can't help but want to share it with others. That's why we host outdoor events. And, and there's barbecues where we're, we're hoping that people that don't know Jesus, people that are unchurched, will come and just have a conversation with us and that they'll sense that there's some hope inside of us that is different. There's some hope inside of us that, that they actually long for. And we get to tell them about Jesus and who he is and what he's doing in our lives. And so um, that's, that's like the, the vision for our church is like the reason it's called transformation is because God changes us. So no matter what your story is, if you come from a, a background that you think is horrible or you don't deserve to be here, you're in good company. We're all like that. And God changes us. And as he does that, we, we, we worship him. Our response is to worship him and glorify him, but also to live in such a way that we invite others in to this transformational relationship with Christ. He, he's awesome, and he's at work. So uh, I just want to share a little bit of our, our story with you, and then I'm going to close with um, just reminding us of, of what, what I just shared, and we're going to pray, and we'll go down for a baptism. Um, but our, our story as a, uh, as a church, so back in, in 2015, um, I met uh, a man named Mark Parker, and he was in charge at that time of church planting in central Canada. Uh, and central Canada, in, in our denomination, by the way, goes from Quebec to BC. That's, that's, that is central Canada according to our denomination. It goes from Quebec all the way to BC. That's, it's huge. Um, and in our little denomination of churches, there's only about 53 or 4 churches 
in that geographical area from Quebec to BC. Our vision is to see many, many, many more. Like there's lots of people that um, we want to bring into church, into a relationship with Christ. And so I met Mark Parker and his job was church planting in that huge, massive geographic area. And there was a work going on here in Thunder Bay called Harvest Community Church that was connected with our denomination. Um, but they knew that they needed, they needed a change. They needed something different. And so I met Mark. I was in my second year of Bible college. It was 2015. And uh, we had a really brief conversation that was not planned. It just happened. And in the end of the conversation, I remember very clearly Mark Parker saying to me, Nathan, I really feel like God is calling your family to move to Thunder Bay. And I, at the time, didn't really even know Thunder Bay existed, okay? Uh, other than that, I think I'd heard about it, because when I was a kid, we drove across Canada, and so I probably had the, a vague memory that there was a place called Thunder Bay. And so when he said that to me, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. But God started doing something in my heart where I just, like, I started getting excited about the idea of being a part of planting a church um, and just seeing what God would do. I, I don't know if you ever thought that, but sometimes it's like, it, it's kind of fun to think about, like, what if, what if we take a step of faith and the only way it's going to work out is if God does something? Like, for some reason, maybe it's a weird kind of personality trait, but I was like, that sounds really cool. Like, just stepping out and just seeing if God will, will do something significant. And so that started a conversation that was in, in 2015. Um, after that, uh, so Vicky and I were really good friends with Hannah and Tyler. A lot of you remember them. They, they moved here with us to, to plant. We actually visited Boston and uh, we, were, we were approached by uh, another person who was responsible for church planting that area, wanted us to plant a church in Boston. Okay, so it was after I heard about Thunder Bay. We went down, we visited Boston, and we started getting really excited about the possibility of planting a church in Boston. Uh, but things just did not come together because of, like, the red tape of crossing the border. Okay, um, it would have been easier for me but the rest of the team would have had a hard time because they weren't ordained and they weren't going on a religious visa. And so that door closed. And then in 2016, and that was the picture Jacob had up, Vicky and I visited Thunder Bay. And uh, that was right around the time when Mark Parker was actually making a deal to get this building that we're sitting in right now. Uh, and to be honest with you, when we were here on that visit, I was like, yeah, it sounds really cool, but I just wasn't feeling it. Like, I just... We, I remember walking through the building, and I actually remember standing on this stage, and you'll see a picture in a few minutes. The stage looked really different. The building looked a lot different than it does now. Um, and I remember standing here, and I, and I remember looking up into the balcony where some of you were sitting, and I remember thinking, like, yeah, it'd be really exciting to see this place filled up with people that just want to worship Jesus. But I just wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't, I wasn't excited about it. You can see the stage in this picture. It's kind of dark, but um, it looked quite a bit different, and uh, it was, like, bright red and uh, wasn't uh, easy to use or anything like that. Anyway, and I just like, during that trip, I just didn't feel uh, excited about the possibility of coming to Thunder Bay. Uh, by the end of 2016, so this had been going on for a year, Mark uh, Parker pushed Vicky and I to make a decision on whether or not we would come to Thunder Bay. And some of you have heard the story before, but I just, I just got to tell you because this is so cool how God works. Um, when... When Vicky and I went to meet Mark Parker, this is like a year later, um, and he was saying, you need to make a decision about whether you're going to Thunder Bay. Uh, our kids were home and they were in bed. And uh, Vicky and I, like, we left that meeting and we said, we, okay, we, we got to let this guy know whether we're willing to move. Uh, and Vicky, and you all, 
know Vicky now. She's not quite as like vocal as me or, or loud. Um, you probably haven't heard Vicky pray out loud very often. And so it was out of character, but we went to bed that night. Our kids were already asleep, these two, and then um, we only had four at the other time, so the two girls. And before we went to bed, Vicky prayed that God would speak really clearly to us about whether to come to Thunder Bay. And she specifically, and I distinctly remember this in her prayer, she said, God, like, just like even give us a dream, something that we would know whether or not you're speaking. And I remember thinking, like, a dream? That sounds like kind of a crazy ask. Um, and we just finished Joseph, so we know God speaks through dreams, right? <laughs> and, and I just want you to know, he still does that sometimes. Most of my dreams, I think they're because I had pizza or I was up late or whatever, okay? I dream some crazy things. I'm really skeptical about my dreams. And so we went to bed that night, and when we woke up the next morning, I looked at Vicky and I said, did you dream anything? And she said no, which honestly, if she had of, or if I had of, I wouldn't have, I would have been really skeptical because I would have been thinking, well... Mark gave us, like, wings and pizza, plus we were thinking about Thunder Bay, and so I would, have been, I would have just been like, no, that wasn't God, right? So she said no, but then we heard the kids had gotten up, and Esther, the oldest, and she's, I think she's probably downstairs. She's in nursery. Uh, so Vicky and I heard them. They were down the hall, and Esther was getting breakfast for the other kids, and we heard her tell them, I had a dream last night that we were moving to Thunder Bay. And so... <laughs> I, like, jumped out of bed, and I remember running down, like, in the apartment, and I asked her, I'm like, what did you just say? And she explained this dream. She said, yeah, in this dream, I heard a voice say, you're moving to Thunder Bay, and then I saw our family get into our van and just drive off, and I saw our cousins saying goodbye as we drove off. And I was floored, right? I was like, this is crazy, because they didn't know that we had prayed this. We'd been having a conversation about this for a year, right? And, And Esther, like, the kids really didn't want to move to Thunder Bay because it's far away from family, it's far away from everything. And especially Esther didn't want to. And so she, she explained that dream. And then all of a sudden, like, I remember, like, the kids just got excited about the idea, right? And, and I remember Andrew, he was, like, uh, probably eight at the time, seven, right? And he's like, we're going to own a church. I remember he said something like that. And I was like, <laughs> we get to be like the boss. Anyway, and, like, for some reason, people just, like, the family got excited. And I remember thinking, this is crazy call my boss and tell them, like, well, God spoke to us through a dream, because, I mean, I know he does that in Scripture, but most of the dreams that I've had, probably most of the dreams you've had have been, like, kind of bizarre, right? But it was so clear. Like, Vicky had prayed. The kids didn't know we prayed that prayer. It was so clear. And so we called him and said, here's what happened. You know, here's the dream. And I remember him saying to me on the phone, he said, Nathan, I'm getting shivers up my spine. He said, this must be the Lord. And so let's go for it. Um, so, so we did. Um, we said yes, and we still had one more year uh, before we got here. And, and a year ahead, Hannah and Tyler, um, they actually moved here, and they were a part of Harvest Community Church, trying to help out. Um, and there were some challenges and things going on with that, um, that that made things really challenging, and that's, that's a long story. I won't get into it. But they were in preparation for, for us to move here and start Transformation Church. And one of the things that, that had to happen was that we had to raise like $75,000 our first year. Um, and I, I won't tell that whole story, but it was one of those moments where we realized like if God doesn't show up, this is going to fall through. Uh, and I didn't, we didn't have time to do a lot of fundraising, but there was a church that the pastor we hadn't even met heard about what we were doing, and their church sent us $12,000. And it was right around the time when I was starting to have second thoughts about coming to Thunder Bay and we just knew, like, God is going to provide, and he's going to do incredible things. 
This part of the story, I've never shared this publicly before, but we got here in July of 2017, uh, and the first Sunday that we were here, um, there was a retirement service for the previous pastor who was leading Harvest Community. The second uh, Sunday, which was my first official Sunday as a pastor, so it was in July of 2017, and there's a picture up. Um, That's a picture of me sharing that we were going to close down Harvest Community Church. I can't tell you how awkward it was for my first day as a pastor to close a church, okay? And, and there was a lot that led up to it. I'm just kind of briefly sharing a little bit of the story today. Our team just knew we had to close down what was, and we had to start over, to start from scratch. And there was a lot that led into it. It was one of the most confusing times of my life. I had, I had mentors, and I had all kinds of people giving me all kinds of different advice. We had to really seek God for what to do. And on that Sunday... Um, that's who was there for the service. There were six people uh, in the room, and I was just sharing with them, we're going to close, we're going to close down, and we're planting a brand new church. I just want you to know, like, when you step out in faith in response to something God says, sometimes it's terrifying, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. And I also just want to highlight the fact that, like, Today, we're, we're able to celebrate what God's up to, what he's been doing over the past five years. But when I think back to the early days, there was a lot of opportunities for us to just throw in the towel and to be like, no, nah, this is too, we're too afraid, we're too scared, or things aren't working out. Um, so that was my first official day as pastor was then. It was about a week later um, that I met Gene and Terry at a prayer service in this next picture on the screen at Marina Park. Uh, so this, some of you probably were at this prayer service. It was it was like early August, late July, early August uh, of 2017. And I remember, I distinctly remember meeting Gene and Terry. Gene got up and said a few words at this prayer service that was like for lots of different churches. Uh, and I remember being really impressed by just his love for Jesus and how he shared and how he communicated. I was really drawn to him. And I met him and Terry afterwards and they prayed over me. And I remember in that moment just being so impacted by this, this pastor and his wife and their heart for prayer, their heart for the Lord. And I was just really drawn to them. And it was shortly after that that we actually started praying with Gene, our team, started praying with Gene like every week. And we would meet on Sunday mornings and we'd pray. And they were leading Faith Chapel, which had been a church that was in operation for 40 or 50 years previous. They, they were fully functioning as a church. And we started praying with them. And then we just started hosting different uh, events. I think there's a couple pictures where it'll show some of the work we were doing on our building here, um, getting ready. You can just kind of flip through those, Jacob, if you want. Some of you recognize that guy. Most of what happened on the stage, actually, Jeremy did that. Gene started getting involved and volunteering, even though he was pastoring at a different church. Uh, that's some of the work that was being done, and there was lots of work being done downstairs. And so we're doing all this pre, pre-work before launch, uh, and... Uh, we just were developing this partnership with, with uh, Gene and Terry and, and the crew at Faith Chapel. And uh, I remember that three weeks before we were about to launch, we just didn't even have enough chairs. Like we had a whole bunch of mismatched colored chairs. And I reached out to my boss and started saying, can you pray that God will provide a, a miracle of chairs? And this is no word of a lie. Three weeks before we actually launched as Transformation Church, Gene met with our team, and by, by this time, um, Jeremy was here, we had somebody else here, there was about six of us that were a part of this core team, and a uh, very small team, and we were doing barbecues in the community, and, and Gene met with us and just said, 
we just really feel God is calling our church to join your church. So Faith Chapel was a church in Port Arthur, um, and lots of people from Faith Chapel are here this morning, and they had prayed about it, unbeknownst to us, they had talked about it, and they said, we feel God calling us to join TC. And so we just all had a peace about it. We believe in unity. We believe that when God's up to stuff, he brings things together. Um, and so they joined us. And what was amazing was that God provided chairs. These chairs that you're sitting in were actually fairly new to Faith Chapel. Um, and we didn't know that by praying for this chair miracle, God was actually going to bring people with them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know when you go to a party and they say BYOB, right? You bring, like, so that for us, it was like, you're coming to church and you're going to bring your own chair. BYOC. Like Faith Chapel joined, and, and I can't tell you, and I don't want to get into too much detail because um, I want to share a couple things about where I believe the Lord is leading us, but I, I, honestly, I've told our story to different people that are thinking of planting a church. I, I still shake my head because I look at our plan that we had as a team, and it was nowhere near good enough. Like, if God hadn't have done miracles of provision financially, but also miracles of provision for connecting us with people that also had a vision for this city. We, like, we would not be standing here celebrating five years as a church today. I guarantee you that. I look back, yeah, you can give God like a... <clears throat> um, that was the group. And so um, there, were, there were six of us plus all of my kids. And then there was the Faith Chapel crew. And that, that picture was taken, I think, a week before we actually launched as, as Transformation Church. And honestly, I look back and I'm like, God provided in such a miraculous way, and I still shake my head at what he's done, and it just gives me hope for, for where he's leading us in the future. And so we launched on October 22nd, 2017. Yesterday was the actual official birthday uh, of the church. And over the past five years, we've seen God do some incredible things. Uh, and I just have hope for what he is up to, okay? And here's how I want to close us off today. Um, I believe that God is up to stuff, and he's been up to stuff, but he's continuing to be up to stuff. This moment for me is really special because about a year ago, some of you may have heard, and people have asked me about it, like, are you guys moving? Are you and Vicky going to move? Um, about a year and a half ago, uh, the board at Harvest House, which is the ministry my dad started on the East Coast, reached out and asked if, if I would consider coming uh, to step into leadership there. My dad retired. He had stepped down. Um, and at first I said no, um, but we started praying about it. And we were really wrestling with whether or not the Lord was leading us out of Thunder Bay. And it was a long and difficult and challenging process because I'm so, I just love what God is up to here. But I also know that the kingdom is bigger than what is just happening here. And so my heart was open, like, Lord, if you're leading us to move on, we will. Um, and just a few weeks ago, we wrestled through this, and we're trying to figure out, God, is this your will? Um, and just a few weeks ago, we actually responded back and said, no, we're not. We don't feel God is moving us at this point. Like, we feel like God is calling us to be here, to stay in Thunder Bay. So, um, that's, yeah. <clears throat> but I just want to say, like, in that wrestle, um, I, like, I think God gave me some clarity, and, and I, I want to tell you, like, me saying that, like, we don't have plans to move on. I'm, I'm really hopeful for what God is leading us into in the, in the days ahead. But it's also one of those things, in, in the book of James, which we studied this summer, James clearly says, don't say a year from now what you're going to do, because you never know what God's going to say. And you always have to say, if the Lord wills. So as I wrestled through this, I wrestled through, you know, what would it look like if God did call us out? 
And, and I want to share with you my vision. And I, I say this telling you, we don't have plans to go. For right now, we feel the Lord is calling us here to lead. But I believe God is up to something here um, in Thunder Bay at Transformation Church that he wants to accomplish whether I'm leading it or whether I'm not leading it. Um, we, we've, we've seen God do some pretty significant things, and I kind of skimmed the surface today. Um, but just if you remember anything from that, just remember what God has done here in our midst. It was the grace of God. It was the miraculous provision of God. It wasn't human brilliance. It wasn't human planning. Um, God did some incredibly significant things for our church to get to the point where it is today. And I believe he may be calling us to take another step of faith. And uh, I don't want to say anything more than that, but I, I just really believe that um, God may be calling us as a church and as a community as we grow to take another significant step of faith that may stretch us as a community. Um, I also believe, and so just as far as vision, uh, that this is really clear, and the Lord's made it clear to us as a congregation, is that he's called us to be a city church. So right now we're, we're in the heart of the city. We're not as visible as being right kind of like in the downtown core at this point. But I believe God has called us to be a church that is actually in the heart of the city, where there's challenges, where there's difficulties, where there's, you know, significant things happening in the city, and that the reason he's called us um, to be a city church in the heart of the city is because he wants to, through, through us and through the way that we love and live and worship him, just reveal his glory. And I, and I believe that in the next few years, God may be calling us to take a significant step of faith uh, and it's exciting to think about what that actually could mean, could look like. In the next, um, hopefully in the new year, um, we will actually have a board fully established here. And so the way that things have been operating now is we, we operate sort of underneath the district board um, for the area of churches that I said to you in our central Canada district from Quebec all the way to B.C., um, but in order for us to be a fully established church, we have to have a board, and we're really close to getting to that point. And, and uh, I believe that as we take this step, that more and more God's going to call us as a community to take major and significant steps of faith um, that continue to have an impact on this city. And so, yeah, I, and so I, uh, what my challenge to you, and I'm not saying anything specific because I can't say anything public, but um, I just really believe God is doing something significant that he is up to stuff in our midst. And I just want to encourage you to continue to plug in um, because I believe it's something that God is doing with us. And the last thing I'll say along the lines of, of vision, uh, as I started to wrestle, like, Lord, are you calling me out? Like, are you, are you calling Vicky and I back to the East Coast? We have family there. Um, some of you know there's been sickness on, Vicky, on Vicky's side of the family, and so it's been really tough. I, uh, one of the things that I, I had this vision of was, like, I really believe what God is doing here in our midst is that he is, he is like giving us a vision as a church that we own together, that doesn't revolve around one person. And I've always wrestled with that because like, I know I'm a really visionary person. I get really excited. I'm passionate. And, and in the early days of church planting, um, a lot of the vision comes from the lead pastor or the one casting it. And that's healthy. That's how it should be. But in the years to come, I believe what God is doing is that he's calling us to own this vision together, that this is... He, this is something he's doing in our midst amongst us, and he's calling some of us to take significant positions of leadership, um, responsibility, oversight, uh, and, and calling us to, to be involved in things like prayer, 
um, prayer for vision, prayer for moving forward. And, and as we do that, if, as the Lord just continues to move on your heart, I just want to encourage you uh, to, to really plug in because God has been up to stuff, but I believe he's continuing to be up to stuff in a really significant way. Um, and so I just, this is how I want to close today. Um, the, the vision statement uh, for TC, uh, I just want to read it. And then I'm going to get us to, to stand and we're going to pray together. Um, let's, just, let's just stand now. Uh, so Transformation Church exists to make passionate disciples of Jesus Christ who will have a significant and lasting impact on the city of Thunder Bay and beyond. And, um, and I, I mean, I can't, this is something that if the Lord is speaking to you, you can say yes to. This can't just be my influence. But as we think about that, and as I close in prayer, if the Lord is just like stirring your heart to continue to be involved in that vision, um, even as we pray, I just want to encourage you to make a commitment in your heart before the Lord saying, Lord, yes, I'm all in. Like, and, and it's different than like, yes, as a follower of Jesus, you say yes to him. You say yes to his, his influence, his power in your life. But he does call us to be a part of a community of people that stand together um, to, 